0: The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. All right, everybody. Happy Father's Day again. Welcome to Coastal and uh, welcome to week three. Of at the movies. I'm Pastor Chris. Again, if you're watching online, uh, welcome. There's actually a connect card for you to fill out today uh, as well. It's a tab right across the top uh, of the page if you're watching from home. Now, obviously, uh, this live current version of The Lion King has not yet come out yet, uh, but I'm excited about it. I cannot wait to see it. I actually went and saw uh, Aladdin this past week. Loved it. Uh, it's a great movie. We're going to use that, I believe, next week. Uh, but how many of you at some point have seen Uh, the original Lion King or the musical, raise your hand, raise your hand. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Uh, I can't, again, wait to see this movie. It opens the week of Vacation Bible School, uh, which is kind of cool because this year's VBS theme, of course, is, anybody know? roar, roar. I'm excited about that. Uh, So we have a little uh, at-the-movies tradition here at Coastal. Actually, we have several. Uh, One of those traditions is that Every first-time guest who comes to Coastal during the series uh, gets a movie ticket. So, guest, if you're here today, uh, make sure you stop at the blue welcoming guest tent, pick up your free movie ticket to Citadel Mall Theater, and the person who invited you uh, gets a ticket as well. We've given away over hundred tickets so far, uh, just in the last two weeks. Now, so that's one tradition. The other tradition is that we take. Everybody, everybody, children, adults, anybody who wants to to go see a movie uh, on us at Citadel Mall Theater uh, for a matinee during this series. So one of those movies uh, that we're going to take everybody to is Toy Story Four. It opens uh, Wednesday, June 26. It's not, or that's when we're going to see it. That's when we're going. Wednesday, June 26. Uh, I don't know the time yet. That's going to be announced. But I think if you are interested in seeing it, I believe yes, it's on your Connect card. So so we'll, we'll pick up the tab, all the kids, all the adults, children at heart, you're welcome. But since this year uh, is our 10th anniversary of doing uh, At The Movies, and because our VBS this year is Roar, we decided to add another movie that we were going to take everybody to see. So we're actually going to go take everybody to see this movie. Isn't that exciting? The Lion King. Uh, we're doing it on Wednesday, July 24th. Well, Wednesday, July 24th. So uh, we'll have a sign-up for that eventually. It'll be a morning matinee. I know some of you have to work, can't go see it. But everybody else, anybody and everybody, your friends, invite somebody, are all welcome to come see the movie with us. Now, uh, here's what I want you to do. Inside your bulletin this morning, two things. One is uh, this little uh, reminder to register your kids online. Go to our website. Uh, we already have just over 100 kids Pre registered for v- VBS this year, and we're still a month away. Uh, that's exciting. So, if you haven't yet registered, pr- I promise you it helps us. It helps our pre registration staff and everybody get ready. So, please do that. And then, the other thing that I want to plug this morning is actually volunteering for Vacation Bible School. That's the yellow sheet. Now, we've kind of honed the yellow sheet down to just this front page because Pretty much all the other positions have been filled, and uh, so that's great. But we have a few remaining spots and things that we need help with. We like to tell people that Vacation Bible School here at Coastal is all hands on deck. Uh, It is the week of July 15th through the 19th, 6 to 8 p.m. We need anybody and everybody to come volunteer and make this be a great week of VBS. We say it's usually uh, like the best week of the summer. So the big need that we have really is crew leaders. Right there, you see that underneath Nursery. Crew leaders. Basically, the crew leader is like you get the best of VBS. You actually get to walk around uh, with a group of like four or five students and uh, man, just be a part of everything. You're not leading or teaching or necessarily uh, doing those stations, but you get to hang out with a group of kids, have fun, and enjoy it all. So, if you would fill that out, fold it, drop it in the blue offering bucket at the very end of our service. So, Back to Lion King. Now, after its initial run in 1994, that's a long time ago, wasn't it? This movie broke all kinds of records. It won all kinds of awards. Listen to this it is the seventh highest grossing animated film of all time worldwide, the highest grossing hand drawn animated film of all time, the third highest grossing film of Walt Disney Animation Studios. Anybody know what was number one? It's not too old. Anybody know? Come on, all the little, everybody's who got little girls in their home knows. Frozen. There you go. Frozen was number one. Um, it, is the, it was the highest grossing motion picture of 1994 worldwide and really the biggest animated movie in the last 50 years in terms of estimated attendance. In fact, in 2016, the film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Whew! There you go. That's the Lion King. Now, there's a lot of different directions I could go today as far as my message is concerned. I mean, I could use, you know, the characters of Timon and Pumbaa, and uh, we could talk about friendship, right? Uh, I could tie in this idea of the circle of life and uh, talk about God's sovereign plan for mankind. Uh, you know what? We could all join in, maybe get the band to lead it and sing Hakuna Matata, right? Which means What? No worries, very good. And I could preach a message about worry, but since today is Father's Day, I want to talk about fatherhood and leaving a legacy to our kids. That's really a huge theme in this movie. And uh, you see it loud and clear in the uh, father-son relationship between Simba and who? Mufasa. Come on, you guys have forgotten this, right? Simba and Mufasa. Now, to me, a great example in the Bible uh, of a man who knew what it meant to leave a legacy to his children and beyond is a man by the name of Job. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, but Pastor Chris, isn't the book of Job primarily a book about suffering, human suffering and the the sovereign plan of God? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. However, from the very first five verses of this book, you discover that Job was actually an exceptional father, and he modeled what it meant to be a real man. Now, before all the women here today check out, thinking, you know, why did I come today? This does not apply to me. I want you to listen very, very carefully. Most of the principles that I'm going to talk about today actually can be applied to all of us. Now, if you are a single woman here, let me say this, as your pastor, and I want to be really clear today, do not settle for anything less than a God-honoring, Christ-centered, spirit-led man. That's what I want us to talk about today. Listen, in fact, I will go a step further. Listen, stop dating people who don't even meet that minimum standard. Now, that's not just me, by the way, Pastor Chris saying it. That's actually what the Bible says. Let me ask the single adults here. You ever date somebody who plays the God card on you? You know, plays the Christian card just to get a date? And then when you go out with them, they're not a gentleman. And in fact, they even pressure you to maybe go further physically than you know is right. In fact, this, verse, this next verse is not on your outline, but write it down. Write this, the reference down because I want you to listen what the, to what the Bible says. It's on the screen. 1 Corinthians 5.11. What I meant was that you are not to associate with anybody, listen to this, who claims to be a Christian and yet that person indulges in, listen to this, sexual sin, okay, we kind of know what that one is, or is greedy. Do you hear that? Or worships idols. In other words, God's not not first place in their life. God's not a priority. Or is abusive. They can't handle their temper, their anger. Or is a drunk or a swindler, a cheat. And then he says, don't even eat with such people. Translated today, don't even go on a date with them. Now, if you are married here today, and your husband happens not to be a believer, and for all practical purposes, you really are the spiritual leader of your home. I want you to hear this today from me. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. You persevere. Don't give up. You keep praying. You keep prayerfully living the life of faith and grace for your husband and your family to see. Now, back to Job. Okay, I want to give you four characteristics of his life that we would do well to imitate and apply to our own lives. So, to, taking notes number one, he provided. He provided for his family. Okay, listen to these first three verses. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright, he feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. Now, the book of Job uh, opens up with this introduction of a man who lived in Southeast Palestine about 3,000 years ago during the time of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His name, Job, in Hebrew means one greatly Tried. And the fact that Job was greatly tried really is an understatement, if you know anything about the book of Job and his life. In fact, his name today really has become synonymous, you know, all around the world with with, with patience, great patience, through tremendous suffering and adversity. Now, Job was also a wealthy man. It wouldn't be a stretch to say that he was the Bill Gates of his day, but there is a lot more to his legacy. Okay, than just his bank account, than just his wealth, because money can buy a lot of stuff today. But I want you to hear this loud and clear, moms and dads, money cannot buy a loving family. It cannot. Now, Job gave his family something way more important than just stuff, than things. First of all, he provided a godly example. Write that down a godly example. In fact, in verse 1, four words or descriptions are used uh, for Job that really give us some insight into who this man really was. Now, these four same descriptions should be the goal of every man in this room, every single man who seeks to show his children what a relationship with God looks like. Now, obviously, this should be true of every person. Every parent. But I want to speak to the men today specifically. Number one, first of all, he, he's called blameless here. Blameless. Look back at verse 1. It's the idea of just walking and living with integrity and consistency. Job was a committed family man. He was a devoted husband and father. In fact, he was consistent. In other words, the way he was you know, publicly was the same way he was, he was privately. Okay, did you get that? Consistency, integrity is who you are when no one else is looking, okay? It's what your children see. It's what your your family sees. It's been said that if you want a stable family, then one of the places you start is with a stable dad. Listen to this. Inconsistent fathers produce insecure children. Unreliable husbands produce unstable marriages. Proverbs 20, verse 7 says this, the godly walk with what? What's the word? Integrity. There it is again. And blessed are their children after them. Job's also called upright. You see that word there. In other words, he was known for his honesty. He was a man of speaking the truth. And third, we see there in that verse that Job is said to have feared God. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools, fools despise wisdom and discipline. We'll talk about that in a moment. Now, but that, that, that idea of being you know, fearful, fear you know, he feared God, that doesn't mean that he was afraid of God. But there is this sense of, of reverence, of reverent awe in his presence. It's this idea that you take God seriously, that you take the things of God seriously. And finally, it says, he shunned evil, okay? In other words, he had moral integrity. There was this active battle to keep away evil from, from his family, from his children. Proverbs 14, 16, a wise man, here's that word again, fears the Lord and shuns evil, but a fool is hot-headed and reckless. You know, dads, your children need to see and need to understand and know that you consider God and your relationship to God your number one priority, and that they see you actively praying against and standing against evil in defense of your family. In Proverbs 22.1, we're told that a good name is more desirable than great riches. And to be esteemed is better than silver or gold. And so that's Job. He gave his children, he gave his family something so much better, so much greater than just you know a physical inheritance. He provided them a godly example. And so men, my question to you today is a, a relevant one, and it is a very, very personal one. How are you doing at this? How are you doing at providing a godly example? Listen, the stuff of this world, it is all going to be burned up. It's all going to be taken away. But how are you at providing something that's going to last forever? You know, look back at those words in verse 1. Are you blameless? Do you walk with integrity? Are you the same here that you are with your family? Are you upright? Are you honest? Do you fear God? You know, in the sense that you are serious about about God and the things of God. And do you shun evil? He provided for his family. Number two, he was present in their lives. Look at verse four. His sons used to take turns holding feasts in their homes, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So now... Okay, like me, his kids are all now grown up, and uh, they got families of their own, but they all remain close. Now, it would have been unusual for, you know, for them to invite their sisters to these feasts if they were nothing more than, you know, drunken parties. So it's more, more than likely that these were family gatherings. Now, we don't know if Job was always present at all of them, but we do know that he was actually aware of what was going on in the lives of his kids. He was present. Now, The point is, again, that he wasn't disengaged, okay? He was involved. Dr. Wade Horn says, 40% of children go to sleep without their fathers, and 40% of them have not seen their fathers in a year. He concluded... The trend toward father absence has reached a crisis. It is a national crisis, not one of many crises, but the national crisis of our time. Now, if you're tempted to think, well, Pastor Chris, that's just an exaggeration, then do me a favor. Go to a public school and talk to any teacher. They'll tell you. Talk to anybody in public education. So, how can you be there for your kids? How can we go against the culture and really be present in their lives? Let me give you three ways, three keys to consider. And then again, these are things you probably already know, but I think we need to have them reaffirmed today. Number one, by spending time with them. You know, that's simple, right? How do kids spell love? T-I-M-E. Do me a favor, forget the myth of quality time. That's the biggest bunch of garbage. You know, I, I know I'm stating the obvious, but dads, your kids need you. Your time and plenty of it. They are going to learn by, you know, walking and talking and listening and playing and wrestling with you. You know, I love this. It's been said that if you want your children to turn out well, you ready for this? Spend twice as much time with them and half as much money. Amen? Some of you, "Ah, that sounds good. I like that one, you know? (laughs) Dads, again, give your kids the most valuable thing that you actually have, you, your time. The second way that we can be present in their lives is by disciplining them. Now, I know that that might not be the politically correct thing to say, but it's the biblical thing. People call me PC. That means Pastor Chris, not politically correct, okay? I care less about that. But one of the saddest comments ever made in the Bible about fatherhood is actually about David. And uh, it's recorded in 1 Kings 1.6. His son was planning a rebellion against his dad. Listen to this sad commentary. His father had never interfered with him by asking, Why do you behave as you do? Dads, listen up. As a father, if you do not discipline your children, the two things are true about you according to the Bible. Number one, it proves you really don't love them. Proverbs 13, 24 says, He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. The other thing that failing to discipline your children shows is that you actually are actively participating in their ruin, in their downfall, in their destruction. Proverbs nineteen eighteen: Discipline your children while there's hope. One, one, one translation says, while they're still young. If you don't, you will ruin their lives. David didn't do that. He didn't. He never interfered. And as a result, sadly, his children grew up to become rapists, liars, murderers, and treasonous, self-serving delinquents who constantly attempted to take over his kingdom. Now, in contrast to that, parents who care enough to, listen to this, thoughtfully, intentionally, lovingly, prayerfully discipline their children. By the way, that's not the same as swatting them and yelling at them down the aisle of Target or Walmart. But if you'll do what I'm saying, you will help your children grow up and become a great delight, the Bible says, to their family and to society. Proverbs twenty nine seventeen: discipline your children and they will give you what? Happiness and peace of mind. The third way that we can be present in our children's lives is by being emotionally available to them. Emotionally available to them. Now I know... Some of you manly men are sitting here today going, "That's tough, you know. I, that's just not me, Pastor Chris. It's not how I'm wired." So, what do you do? You know what my answer to you is: Get over yourself and man up. Okay, be a man. Do it anyway. Now, what do I mean by being emotionally available? You ready for this? It's really simple, man. You tell your kids you love them. You 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 become their biggest cheerleader. I love this passage in 1 Thessalonians 2, 11 and 12. Listen to this. For you know that we dealt with you, each of you, as a father deals with his own children. So according to the Bible, this is how a father should be dealing with his own children. What does he say? Encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Did you catch those three words? Encouraging. Comforting. Urging. Man, that's what I'm talking about. You know, say things like, great job. Man, you are so awesome. You are so smart. I am so glad that God, in his sovereign plan, chose you to bring to us. I am so glad that you're my son, that you're my daughter. I love you. Do you know what just something like that does? It affirms them big time that they are special, that they are loved. That's called drawing out their heart. And dads, that's on you. Listen, you cannot relegate that to your wife. You can't relegate that to other family members. That is your job. That is your job. How are you doing at being present and engaged in the lives of your kids? Job provided. He provided a godly example. He was present. And then number three, he served as the priest of his home the priest of his home. Look at verse five. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would send and have them purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Now, what's he talking about here? So imagine, maybe Job is up early in the morning talking to God, praying to God about his children. Now, what's interesting is that his children now, again, are all grown up, but he's still praying for them. Dad's mom's that never stops, does it? It never ends. Now, why? Why specifically is Job doing it? Well, because he recognized here, and you see it, this ever-present temptation in the lives of our kids to lose God along the way of life. And he was burdened. He was burdened as a spiritual leader of his home for his children's spiritual walk with the Lord. In fact, the word cursed here is better translated to take God lightly. In other words, what I think this verse is saying is that Job wasn't so worried that you know, his kids would you know, end up in a ditch one day for blaspheming God, but rather, listen to this, rather in the midst of all the pleasure of their world and all the stuff and all the materialism that they would just simply take God for granted And oh my goodness, I'm telling you guys, this could be written today in 2019 because that is the danger of our culture. That in the midst of all the trappings of this world, of all the materialism, of all the pleasure and all the stuff, that your kids are going to grow up and just take God for granted. And Job was worried about their hearts. And so he served as the priest of his home. Now, again, what's a priest do? Well, a priest intercedes between people and God. Dads, you got to get this. You, you are the full-time minister in your home. Not me. Not our youth pastor, Ryan. It's you. You are the full-time minister in your home, and you have a tremendous responsibility before God for your wife and for your children. Now, what can we learn from Job? Well, notice in verse 5 that he would send for them after a time of feasting and have them purified or sanctified. Now, what's that all about? Well, during this time, the burnt offering was offered by Job as he served as like a priest on behalf of his family. So picture the scene, okay? Maybe it's early in the morning and uh, the dew is still fresh on the ground. And Job silently walks to the family altar leading a lamb and maybe one of his sons or one of his daughters. And he looks his sweet daughter in the eye and he says, you know I love you, honey. You know I do. And you know that God loves you. But he's also a holy God. And I've taught you from the time you were just a little girl that this sacrifice takes your place, takes my place, our place. You see, we all deserve death because of our sin. But God in his great, great love allows this sacrifice for your sin. And honey, one day, one day a time is coming when one will sacrifice for all. And we won't have to do this anymore. And I'm concerned. I'm concerned. My fear is that you and your brothers and your sister, you know, that maybe you would take God lightly. And that you'd forget. You know, that ultimately he really is the reason for all of this for everything that we have, for everything that you, you enjoy. Because it's easy to forget and lose sight of God in the midst of how he's blessed us. And then you could imagine that that sacrifice would be consumed by that fire, and then maybe the daughter or the son would be called back to the reality that God does love her and the awesomeness of his, of his holiness. So, fast forward to today. You know, what's the application for you and me? To all the dads here today, I want you to think about something. Your children are the only possession you have that you can take to heaven. And as the priest of your home, your number one responsibility is to introduce Jesus to your children and your children to Jesus. That's it. You say, well, Chris, how do I do that? By being the spiritual leader in your home. Now, what that means on a very practical level is that as a dad, as a father, you simply take the initiative. It's that little word, initiative. You take the initiative when it comes to things like like prayer, it goes back to that, that fear of the Lord idea. It's, it's where you know you take the initiative in bringing your family to church and the things of God and, and talking about biblical values. Listen, there, there is no one concrete model I, I believe that everybody's got to follow. But here, But it begins with this. I know this. Be God honoring, Christ-centered and Spirit-led. And then Jesus and the Holy Spirit will help you apply this principle in your family, in your day. But the But the emphasis you got to catch today is on initiative. Are you taking the lead? You know, you can't pass that buck to somebody else. Put as simply as I know how, your children need to see you openly and naturally demonstrating your faith in Jesus every day. You know, I'm not talking about, you know, an occasional Bible verse or, you know, saying grace over meal when company comes. I'm talking about it's just a lifestyle. You live out your faith. It's, it's Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7, lived out. Listen to this. These commandments. Now, what commandments is he talking about? He's just given it. The commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. These commandments that I give you today, listen to this, are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. How? Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Men, I think that's as practical as it gets. You know, in other words, he's just saying, listen, every facet of your life, you're just to be teaching and modeling, you know, the love and the grace and the mercy and forgiveness of God. Every moment. You know, you look for those teachable moments, whether you're watching TV together, whether you're eating a meal together, or you're swimming together, you're fixing a, you know, the lawnmower. You just look for those teachable moments to impress upon your kids and their hearts the importance of God. You just live that out in your life. And then finally, the message we all need to hear, moms and dads included, he persevered. He persevered. Look at the very last sentence in verse 5, five words. This was Job's regular custom. This was Job's regular custom. In other words, our world today does not need more athletes, actors, or rock stars. Our world needs more dads who will stand up and be a real man, to be God's man, men who are willing to sacrifice for the legacy of their family and the future of this world. I ran across uh, across a quote. Listen to this. A hundred years from now, it's not going to matter what my bank account was, the sort of house I lived in, or the kind of car I drove, but the world might be a different place because I was important in the life of a child. One of my favorite books for men uh, is a little book called Tender Warrior. Tender Warrior by Stu Weber. And uh, in it, he's got a word for dads. I want you to listen to this. The bottom line, stay with it, men. Stick by your commitments. Stand by your promises. Never, never let go no matter what. When marriage isn't fun, stay in it. When parenting is way over your head, stay at it. When work is crushing your spirit, don't let it beat you down. When your children let you down, you pick them up. And when it's 4th and 14, with no time left on the clock, you throw another pass. You don't give up you persevere. I'd like to ask all the men in the room to stand up. Stand up. If you're a man in this room today, stand up. I want to pray for you. Don't freak out. I just want to pray for you. What's he going to ask me to do? Bow your heads. Let's all bow our heads before the Lord today. If you're standing next to a man, maybe it's your husband, maybe it's your dad, it doesn't really matter. Put your hand on their shoulder. Let's bow our hearts before the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you created fathers and husbands and men. And God, today I pray over these men who are standing today. I pray that today you have used your word to be a sharp two-edged sword to cut to the heart of these men's relationship with you their relationships with their families and their relationship to each other and to this church. Lord, I pray that you would deliver me and all these men from mediocrity, from spiritual laziness, and that you would encourage them and challenge them to be the men that you have called them to be. And as your eyes today move back and forth throughout this church and throughout this community, people who are watching online, may you find many, many hearts who are fully and completely devoted to you. And Father, I also pray today for that single mom, for that woman who is leading her home and leading well. I pray today that she feels your strength and your encouragement. And God, I pray for those single adults here today who are looking for that relationship. God, I pray they look for you first. I pray they don't settle. And they look for people who know you and love you. We pray all these things today in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal, or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.